jasoncharles.net. I'm Alessandro Pellicani, I'm Italian, I'm from Bologna born and raised. I'm a choreographer, uh, director, mostly for theater and choreographer for video, TV, uh, theater, live events, anything that moves. I started out as a dancer. I started a little late, but I called up to my generation of dancers. And I mostly work on TV in uh, Italy and uh, Europe. The Italian TV is pretty big on having dancers on uh, TV shows, or it was pretty big uh, back in the day. We're talking about late 90s, beginning of the 2000s. I did some theater all over uh, Europe and uh, Asia, Middle East. I was trained in ballet, jazz, all the above. It was, um, I mean, I believe if, if you want to have a career, you, you got to have the ballet training otherwise. It's like a mathematician that doesn't have a mathematic uh, base or a scientist that doesn't have a mathematic base. <laughs> That's if you want to have longevity. Then if you want to be a commercial and uh, just learn a couple of moves uh, without taking anything away from those performers that uh, I think they're amazing. But I don't think there is longevity or um, versatility. Just like, you know, branded as hip-hop dancer or ballet dancer. You know, where I come from, you gotta to be versatile because it's all about looking for the next job and book the next job and you never know if it's a ballet job or if it's an hip-hop job or a TV job or a musical theater job so you gotta be able to do everything like Balanchine like Fossey like every other great choreographers they were dancers the whole engine got in motion because when I saw Chicago in London in 1999 I saw the first time Bob Fossey's choreography I heard about Fossey before and I was like yeah sure whatever and then I saw the choreography and I fell in love with it and I always say Bob was the reason why I'm in this business now when I moved to New York I did the transition into choreography there's this myth of people believing that oh you're a dancer and then you're gonna be you're gonna teach dance and then you're gonna choreograph and this this and that it doesn't really work that way a choreographer is not a teacher and the teacher is not a choreographer. I am not a teacher. I mean, I can teach dance, but I'm not like, I don't have the patience to stop and tell you how to perform two pirouettes. I, I don't have the patience to teach you the technique. I need professional dancers to learn my craft. For me, it's the difference. The choreographer nowadays is a mix of a director and a choreographer. I mean, you, you're still directing dancers and people on stage. The fact that they call you choreographer and not director, I mean, they, I don't really care what name they give you. I just believe that you are the, the leader of that pack and you have to make sure that the pack is well-fed and looks good. 
And what I mean by that is that the, your choreography is performing in a certain way so that they look good and they make you look good. You know, nowadays it's rehearsals, create before you go into the studio with the dancers so you don't waste their time and yours. The pre-production phase, you go into the studio with your assistant, you create the piece, you see it on your assistant and you imagine it on 10 dancers because you just have one in the room. But it's like for a painter to have a canvas. So if I go in the studio by myself, I don't have a canvas, which would be my assistant or a dancer that would be there for me. So same for a painter that goes in a studio to paint and there's no canvas or no brushes. So it's something essential to me. Then I don't know my colleagues if they work that way. But for me, having my assistant there or a dancer, I mean, I mean a body that I can use as my canvas so where I can create on it and see what comes out of that. that is for me the role right now of the choreographer and the fact that we tend to be perfectionist it's never good so it's like again and again and again and again and, and you know when you, if you do that before you go into the studio and you have the dancers there and you know you're creating on them on the spot that might become a problem for the dancers time and the production payroll and all this kind of stuff. I think it's a level of professionalism that everybody needs to have to be able to do a, a good job in the studio so that the dancer, they don't feel like they're bored because you need 10 minutes to create something while they not doing anything. So it's better to go in instead of working eight hours a day, you work five or six and you bring on your best game. As, and the same I expect from my dancers that you know, when they come into the studio, they're open and prepared to learn the routine and be open to changes because I might see something that is like, oh, I didn't see that before. Let's try it that way. It might look better. So, the, the, I mean, when you come into the studio, you always go with the base, but it's never set in stone until opening night. Nothing is never set in stone until opening night. When I started, I was always like, well, I could do that in that way. It might be better. But I was a little cocky. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of respect for my former choreographers when I was dancing for them because they were very much uh, visionaries. And that's what I like to do. I like to envision the show or, or the piece of choreography that, that I want to bring to life. And I try to be very, very close to that vision that I have. Because sometimes you can get the exact vision that you have for technical or uh, physical reasons. <laughs> it's a little hard at the beginning. Now, after eight and a half years in New York, my name is starting to go a little out in, uh, in my business. Uh, in the market and so I'm getting, I'm getting more jobs before nobody knew who I was or what I was doing so now I have more connections and you know, I don't have an agent um, would I want an agent? maybe, maybe not it depends, it all depends I mean I'm very used to deal with, with stuff by myself I 
I have a lot of friends that are lawyers, so <laughs> they can just look at the contract and tell me if it's good or not. And then I can say yes or no. It's not bad to have an agent or not to have an agent. I believe the opportunities, they come to you when they need to come to you, especially in, uh, in choreography. What I found different is that the jobs are the same as before, but before, because I was a dancer, there were like 10, 20 positions to fill. Now the position is one. So the competition, as they call it in New York, is uh, there's a lot of great, talented choreographers, few friends of mine that uh, I really respect in the, in the business. But there is as well uh, the belief in yourself. So I don't really care about the competition. Like, I know what I can bring to the table and uh, I know it's different from anybody else. And, you know, if you don't get the job, you know that they didn't need the kind of work that you're doing. They went the other direction for somebody that was fitting more their project. But it's very much for me what I want to do. Am I doing it now? Not as much as I would like because, no, we live in New York City. We have a certain kind of life. So as any other artist, most of them, I'm in a restaurant uh, part-time, two, three days a week to make and meet uh, while I'm working and finding work and finding producers and investors for my show. And, uh, and this is part of the journey too because I'm in a certain kind of restaurant. A lot of celebrity, a lot of uh, theater people, a lot of uh, TV people, a lot of producers, investors, they come to the restaurant. And I met a lot of people. And I made a lot of connections. So every time I make a connection, you know, I'm, I learn that you have to give time to the connection to be seeded and then to blossom uh, into your life. And so it might take two years after you meet somebody in, and say, oh yeah, sure, now we're ready, let's do this. So with that said, what I'm trying to say is that I, I learned the art of patience being in New York and being in my profession. And I mean, when I was dancing, I never had a problem, like I never had to go look for a second job or a side job because the fact that I was in Europe was really fortunate for me because I could travel in one hour. I could be in France or in Spain or in Portugal, or Germany, England. And so I would go where the work was. But here in New York, I mean, like, that's where you want to be. You don't really want to start traveling upstate or Chicago, this, this and that. Because I have, I have a goal. If I didn't have a goal and if I didn't have a family, it would have been probably different. But it is... It is what it is now, so it's it's gonna be this way, and uh, I know that it's always been that struggling, uh, artistic, uh, and I don't mean that in the way of the, the struggling artists, because I don't believe in that. I believe in the fact that we always have battles inside, uh, but the, the, the advantage that we have comparing to, I quote this, normal people, is that we can use those battles and those emotions into our work so it can come out in a choreography or in a show or, and you can always get inspiration you know like you walk down the street and you see something okay oh okay that inspires me today so let, let me put that into movement and see how it's going to look like you know something that was pedestrian and uh, on the street this morning or somebody at starbucks or somebody in a restaurant could be anything could be a non-human could be an animal could be a bird could be a tree could be a car be anything 
when I get the inspiration is is from anything and everything. We can always learn from everything that surrounds us, even from a steady car that's standing there, parked. You know, the goal is, as a choreographer, like the goal of every artist to touch people's life with their work. I'm working on a show that I conceived right now. It's called Seven Doors, The Journey Within, which is the theatrical representation of the seven stages of grief. And it's inspired by three events that happened to me back when I was in Las Vegas. So the goal for me is not, we're trying to bring it to Broadway, sure, but it's not about bringing it to Broadway. It's more about having you as a patron of the theater coming to see the show. And if I can touch your life for that hour and a half, two hours, and you're going to leave with something, that's more than money. That's, that's our success. Of course, everybody wants to recoup their money, but, you know, for me, it's more important the human aspect of, of my work than the money aspect. Well, the more satisfying part of the process for me is just the journey to get to opening night. Because once you get to opening night, it gets on the shelf, and then you get moved to the next thing. But the journey from choosing the dancers, auditioning them, choosing the singers, choosing uh, the actors, bring them together, meeting with the production, meeting with your composer, your uh, book writer, uh, your dance captain, your stage manager. So it's the whole journey, the whole... And you create this, this chemistry in this group of people that becomes most of the time like a family. And then you go into this one week, ten days, a month, two months of your process to... It depends how long is the show. And you, you just enjoy showing up every day and create with this human beings and I always be open that there's gonna be some bumps on the road and you have to be capable of either prevent them or solve them when they, they arrive and most people think dancers are just executor but they're not because otherwise you can choose any dancer but you choose certain dancer because you see something in them beyond the movement the technique you see their heart when they dance. You see how they perform. And so that's what is going to make the difference in showing your piece in a good or in a bad way. Of course, they have to perform my vision, but they, they have to incorporate their own vision into my vision. Otherwise, it's not going to work. You know, like that grit, that, that fierceness, that power of movement. And each dancer is unique in that. That's my process. I don't know my colleague or other choreographer's process, but I believe that it's probably the same. You want to go beyond the technician. You want to see the human part of the dancer. Technician, okay, you can do 10 periods, fine. Do two, but give me something else. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, sure, it's spectacular. It's uh, the competition world. Six, seven, eight periods, jumps and this and that, but I need, I need more. Otherwise, not gonna work. In the beginning, uh, you know, I made a mistake I made in casting, miscast people and stuff. I'm like, ah, maybe next time I'll look at somebody else. <laughs> Anybody can just go on stage and be like, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then I do this after that. Oh, I have to remember to do that after that step. No, and then the visual of your emotions is gone because you're using your brain and not your heart. 
it's like learning a language and it's gonna it's like when you when I learned English in the beginning I was still thinking in Italian but then I started dreaming English and that's when I understood that was like oh okay now I kind of mastered the, the language so I, I can have a conversation discussion with somebody without having too much of a broken English even though I have it still but I don't know if I want to change that <laughs> I normally don't, I don't like to do something that somebody else did already. So I always look for original work or I create original work. I have the, the, the fortune of having a production company with my composer, we are business partners and we create shows. So um, that's a big advantage. The only thing is that we have to, uh, you know, every time we have to look for investors and producers and that's a little nerve wracking, but we are, we are looking at a solution for that. <laughs> It shouldn't be any part of my job because I'm not a producer, but right now I am and uh, hopefully we found somebody for this show that I conceived and we, we wrote together and, and, uh, and when this person is going to be on board, then for me it's going to be like, okay, now I can only wear my director and choreographer hat and I don't need to worry about finding money or space or this, this and that. There's um, Daniel Simkin, he's a principal at ABT, American Ballet Theater, and uh, I would love to choreograph something for him. Or even, even Sergei Pauline, again, the rebel uh, ballet dancer, the bad boy of dance. He's a, he's a badass kid, so uh, I like that about him, and I love to work with him in, uh, in a kind of like a rock and roll choreography type of way. But priority right now is, and I'm putting it out there, to bring the show to life pretty soon. I'm visioning mid the middle of this year. I mean, starting the process in a few weeks, and then so then by the summer, we, we're going to be ready to at least do a small production. I just want to do my job and be able to pay my bills with, with choreography and direction and be in my show business. Not necessarily have to pay my bills with restaurant work. I would love to go to restaurants as a, as a customer <laughs> pretty soon. I know that there's always that one person that's going to come into your life and change completely your life going from complaining that you're in a restaurant and you don't get enough job to be like, oh my God, I have too much job now. <laughs> Which I would never complain about that because it's always a, I can't wait to, to be overwhelmed from uh, projects. You've been listening to Pieces of Work on jasoncharles.net. jasoncharles.net Deep, Deep talk, talk, deep, deep sounds. sounds.